If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition, very special edition of Podcast Unlocked, episode 539. I am special guest host, AEW superstar Adam Cole, baby. And I am here with Stella Chung, Hello. Destin Legary. Bam. Hey, everybody. Let's bring the hype. Let's go. <laughs> and Matt Kim. Hello. What, what's going on, guys? Oh, excited to be uh, here. First of all, just very, very quickly, I want to say it is an absolute pleasure. It's an absolute honor to be here with you guys. I listen to Unlocked every single week. So this is absolutely surreal for me. Uh, very, very excited to be here. So thanks for letting me be a small part uh, of this wonderful podcast. Um, and Destin, I know you had something you wanted to talk about regarding Rogue Jam. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on the show. We're really excited to have you to talk about video games and the news we got going on in Xbox World this week. But also, IGN is doing something kind of cool. We did this thing called uh, Rogue Jam. And basically, it's a new video game reality TV show from Rogue Games and IGN. Game developers are going to try and impress a panel of industry icons to win a prize, including people like Reggie fils who is one of the judges on said panel. Uh, they're giving away like $800,000 in prize money to the winning developers and a publishing deal with Rogue. So this is going to be really, really exciting for them. Uh, it airs starting April 18th at 9 a.m. Pacific time, and there's going to be five episodes rolling out weekly each Monday. airs on IGN.com, IGN YouTube, and IGN One, which is available on like every Samsung television. I'm really excited to see this. Our production team spent a lot of time on this. The whole crew is really excited. So check it out. Rogue Jam starting April 18th at 9 a.m. Pacific time. Awesome. That is, that is great to hear. So it, guys, we do have quite a few uh, topics to discuss today uh, as, as far as Xbox news goes. One of those being something that's very, very close to my heart, and that being Halo, specifically Halo Infinite, which, which May 3rd, we're going to have a new season. Season 2 is going to drop. So we're looking at, at new cosmetic items, uh, a couple of new maps, uh, and even more importantly, a new battle pass, uh, which, which apparently... Um, you'll be able to uh, earn credits uh, that go towards buying in-game shop items as well, which I think a lot of people are very excited about. I myself have put quite a bit of time into Halo Infinite, uh, whether it be the campaign or the free-to-play multiplayer. I am having the time of my life with the game uh, in so many different ways. I love the way the guns sound. I love the maps. I love the movement. So again, a new season is always exciting uh, when, it, when, it, when it comes to Halo Infinite. So wh what are you guys' thoughts on that? Uh, well, I'll... Didn't you get Go ahead, Halo? You, you got the Halo boots, right? Like you got the shoes? I did. Oh I did. Okay. I, oh my God. Lucky enough <laughs> to get... I'm actually wearing, and with those, with those shoes came uh, some Halo dog tags, oh. which I'm currently oh wearing <laughs> now as well. So uh, yeah, yeah, thrilled, thrilled about it. 
Okay, cool. I wanted to point that out because I was like, I haven't seen anyone actually get those yet. So I was really excited to see that you got a pair. <laughs> I was, you know, one of the, one of the coolest things was I, I did a Comic-Con recently and Steve Downs, the, the voice of Master Chief was there and he was rocking those Wolverine Halo boots. Nice. And I remember thinking, oh, it'd be so cool to have a <laughs> pair of those. <laughs> and now you do. And now I do. Now I do. Uh, when I cut you off. <laughs> no, 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 it's please. totally fine. So I'm excited about Lone Wolves. There has actually been a few things that have leaked about the update. Basically, the fact that it does sound like there's going to be a last Spartan standing mode. Uh, some people have found the artwork within the menus and things like that. So it does sort of sound like, and Stella, we've talked about this a lot on the show, they are going to do something within the same vein as a Battle Royale. So. Regardless of the Lone Wolf season two, if this rumor does come to fruition and it is one of the main new modes, which they actually talked about on Halo Waypoint, so we do know this last Spartan standing mode is coming. How do you feel about them adding something at least close to a battle royale mode to Halo, Stella? I I mean I want to see how it works, and then I'll I'll tell you. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't think that Halo needs a proper battle royale. A lot of people are like, oh, it needs a battle royale to survive. I'm like, no, Halo's never needed that. It's fine. Like, not everything needs a battle royale, even though I do like the, that game type. It, it doesn't need that. Um, I think the battle pass system where you can earn credits is huge because like every other, like the Fortnite battle pass, Apex battle pass, has that thing where you earn back some credits so then you can buy the next battle pass or uh, in-store items, which is really nice. So I think that's a really good change that is a step in the right direction. Um, yeah, last part in standing. What was the last mode? Was it King of the Hill that came out? That was well, the, King, uh... King of the Hill would also be part of this update. And oh, it says, okay. here's the text for it. Every Spartan for themselves, level up your loadout by earning personal score to be the last Spartan standing. Now, as you as you know, there was a mode where I believe it was 2v2 and you would try and be, the ring would slowly get smaller. So they have experimented with this ah. in season one. Season two, we know that they're adding like new maps, uh, new modes, but they've been really quiet. New maps, new modes, new limited time events, and a new battle pass. It's all starting on May 3rd. I'm stoked yeah. about the armor and everything, but I was a little bit surprised to see them add Last Spartan Standing and I, <sighs> I'm left wondering, is this going to be enough to bring me back into the game? I have like 300 hours in Halo Infinite. I got everything on the original Battle Pass. I unlocked all the achievements except for the one. What is up with that, by the way, 343? The one that we still can't get. At least I don't think we can get it. And um, I hopped back in and I, I finished out the Tenrai event mm. to get all that stuff. And I just, I don't know. The hook, the hook is gone. And I'm wondering if this is going to bring me back. How about you? I don't, know. I don't know who you're asking. Stella. <laughs> yeah, I was talking to Stella. <laughs> we can go to Adam. No, I so thought it was so. Me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I'll come back to check it out. Like, I did like King of the Hill a lot. Uh, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, I know a lot of my friends are also taking a break from this because, again, like Elden Ring came out. Other games have been dropping. Yeah. So, you know, they were taking this time to finish those things out, uh, which was really nice. But, oh, God, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i don't know I, I think i'll definitely check this out like i've been wanting new content from halo because I, I do love the game a lot and especially yeah. after um being able to cast for uh esports arenas tournaments it's it's been so cool to see this but again for me i'm just like i really want to play but i want there to be some more content um especially since when i do play i play ranked and aside from ranked i'm just like i don't really feel uh like i want to play the casual matches i loved king of the hill so if that's going to come back i'll definitely play that which I know a lot of people, I don't think, Destin, you didn't like that very much, right? King of the Hill? And yeah. I'm just yeah, sort of eh on it. Uh, Adam, like, does this season excite you at all? Did, how, much, how much PvP did you play in Halo Infinite? It, it does. So, so generally speaking, I'm definitely more of a campaign player uh, in a lot of ways. And, that, and that me, that, that's me kind of across the board when it comes to any sort of Halo game. Uh, or really in general. However, um, as far as an FPS multiplayer, Halo is my is my personal favorite. What, my personal favorite mode, which kind of started in Halo 5, uh, or at least I, I thought was showcased in the best way, um, in Halo 5 was the Super Fiesta mode. Um, I, I loved the variation of all the different guns. Uh, you don't know what you're going to start with. And because there were so many different options, that really had me excited. So I, I'm hoping at some point as well, 
that Halo decides to go back to all the different crazy weapon modifications of your standard guns and then it throws you into a map with a bunch of different people and it's just it's a party so so i'm really really hoping for that at some point down the line but yeah i i'm definitely excited for uh for this new new season for halo um i, I think they've done really really well with, with the new maps that they've released for halo infinite like i love the streets map in halo infinite so the fact that we're getting a new um normal arena map and then also a big team battle map has me pretty pumped and, and again i am such a softy when it comes to cosmetic items so if there's new stuff for me to unlock i'm gonna want to grind and work towards uh you know unlocking all that stuff so I, i'm pumped i'm definitely pumped the the new gear does look really really cool there's like a dinosaur yeah. helmet there's one where there's like an elite skull on the guy's arm pad and i really really like that um matt what, what's your reactions did you play a ton of halo infinite multiplayer yeah, actually, I'm. Uh, I play it like semi frequently with uh, with friends, and like it's. I I don't. I haven't read any of like the. I know there's been like some like criticism about it online in terms of like the amount of content, but like I've been having a great time. Uh, I'm cursing like a 14 year old again. I'm telling people <laughs> to eat my shorts for the first time in in 10, oh, 15 years. Great quote, uh, man. Right. Uh, great quote. I like it. I'm I'm glad. I know. I'm actually pretty stoked for uh like a battle royale like kind of mode because I. If I had to say one thing about the Halo multiplayer, I feel like I get stuck in a lot of these like uh, like capture the flag type modes, right? Oh. Which are cool, but like I feel like I get too many of them, right? I want more Fiesta, I want more like PvP yeah. style modes, and so like I, if there's like a, if there's a new like combat focused mode like a battle royale, like I'd be super down. Like yeah. you said, like you said at the top, Adam. Like I love the sound design, and I love everything <laughs> about the guns, and like it's feeling really good. I am wondering if this will. You know hook people and bring them back in i interrupt yeah you, sorry no no not at all so because going uh off of what you just said like again uh the battle rifle is obviously one of my favorite guns in the entire series and i don't think the battle rifle has ever sounded or felt better than halo infinite and i'm someone who played halo 2 and loved the halo 2 br like i, I just i love halo infinite's battle rifle but but kind of touching base matt on what you had mentioned about the the frustration is 343 has mentioned that they understand this. And this is a quote from Brian Gerard. He said he understands the community is simply out of patience. And this is him referring to the to the new content. So uh, hopefully season two uh, will make some people happy. Obviously, 343, I know a lot of them personally, they they work their tails off um, to, to make Halo Infinite as cool and as good as possible. So hopefully this season will help. Uh, like me personally, I know someday I'm really, really looking forward to some DLC for the campaign. Like I had mentioned earlier about how much I love the campaign. The I never thought open world Halo was going to be as cool as it was. Now I can't imagine uh, doing a Halo campaign without these open world aspects. So I think someday when that happens, and I know we're, I know we're a little ways away from from co-op within campaign and Forge mode as well. Uh, but fingers crossed here in season three or season four that we end up getting that drop. Hey, have you guys completed the Halo campaign yet? Halo Infinite? Three times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm right there. Yeah. That's yeah, the well, thing with open world games. I get so distracted, you know? Same. Oh, yeah. God, I know. I'm just, uh, I'm just like, oh, what if I do this? What if I do that? Like, And then before I know it, I'm like, wait, how far am I into the campaign? Oh, not very. I was too busy doing other things. <laughs> right. Yeah, God, uh, I, I I still need to go back and beat it on Legendary yet. I have not mm -hmm. done that yet. Yeah, Legendary is actually a lot of fun. I thought the the Legendary difficulty was really really well balanced for Halo Infinite. Like it's not so hard where it's frustrating, and if you you take your time and really practice with it, uh, you can really get a good rhythm going. But Legendary with all skulls turned on, <laughs> that that's one of the achievements i had to do and that was that was really really fun but basically you have to get that scorpion tank gun at the very beginning the easter egg gun and uh, <laughs> i don't think i could have done it without that um uh so yeah if you want difficulty definitely do legendary and then <laughs> uh do all skulls turn on because it's actually in some ways it's easier because you have infinite ammo but also the boss is like one shot you. So, <laughs> uh, for Adam and Dustin who beat the campaign, is it is it true that they like up the difficulty? Like it's like one level above what legendary typically is. Is like that's something that I heard online. So I I only played it on heroic. 
Um, and I did fairly well, but there were a couple of bosses where I was stuck for a very long time. Like there's this one fight where there's a, uh, two brutes at the same time, uh, one in a vehicle, one with a jetpack. Okay. I, I was stuck on that for a while, but, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm a little bit nervous to jump into to legendary, but I got to do it. I've beaten all the halos on legendary solo. So I just need to check halo infinite off the list. Yeah. Well, no co-op yet, unfortunately. I know. So <laughs> you better do it before then. Uh, I really liked it, Matt. I actually felt like it was easier in some ways because once you realize, I believe it was the plasma pistol or a plasma weapon and the needler shreds. And Oh, it's the pulse carbine and it's the needler. So if you want to shred through enemies, that's sort of your go-to combo. And it works very, very well. Uh, to the point where the footage that I released for my from my legendary playthrough, people were arguing with me in the comments about its legitimacy. And I'm like, <laughs> why would I manipulate this footage? <laughs> like this is and then I've played through it now three or four times and it gets easier every time you do it. Yeah. What happens is people get stuck on these bosses on the harder difficulties and they're just like, Well, I had a lot harder time. So <laughs> I'm like, well. Right. I've did it multiple times and you're just yeah. too good, Dustin. Oh, you're just too good. I, I'm it. not bragging, but <laughs> you, you still yeah. finished not bragging, it. Their but... opinions are, is not going to change the fact that you finished it. I mean, I don't. Yeah, that's great. Sorry that happened. To you. I'm not going to read all that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, I, I love this. The thing I want to see most from multiplayer, though, is I want to see the continuation of the storyline that we sort of got a glimpse of in yep. season one. And I'm wondering how they're going to implement that in season two uh for for pvp anyway yeah i i'm also really really excited for forge mode because i myself love playing fan created levels uh pretty much in anything and i'm not very talented when it comes to making like a cool map or a cool level so i love to see how creative everybody gets and i know i know that's on the way so fingers crossed that'll be sooner than later yeah, I, I know they were talking about how, um, you know, content takes a long time to push out. And that's that's fine. Sure. Like, you know, I, I understand even with Apex, they plan these things out like five months in advance, something that uh, we see happen, uh, you know, early on. And it's it's good that they're acknowledging that it takes time. And again, this is 343's first live uh, service game. So I understand that there's going to be needing some patience and stuff. But I think the community has just felt like there has been a lack of direct communication. Uh, over the yeah. past uh, month or so. And I think that's been their uh, biggest frustration. But hopefully with season two, they are able to keep up with all of that and communicate a little bit better. And it does seem like they are releasing a lot of good content, which is great. But again, I do want co-op at least for campaign. Uh, mm -hmm. I've been waiting to finish the campaign because my friend and I have been playing through all the Halos. So uh, yeah, I, that's that's the one thing I'm really looking forward to. <laughs> that's, a good, yeah. that's a good point, Stella. They have had issues with communication. This week's Podcast Unlocked is brought to you by NordVPN. Hey, if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts, NordVPN is a great way to go. You can use NordVPN, a virtual private network, to watch live sporting events, TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is showing that event, no more blackouts. It's also good for plenty of other stuff like protecting your private data, your bank details, your passwords, your online identity. You can protect your data while you're traveling and using public Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you wherever you are in the world. NordVPN threat protection also protects you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. NordVPN is also the fastest VPN in the world. No buffering or lagging while you're streaming, and it will stop your ISP bandwidth throttling. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month, so that is a super affordable, great way to go. To get the best discount off of your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash Unlocked without the E. That's N O R D V P N dot com slash U N L O C K D. And that'll give you four extra months on the two year plan. And best of all, there's no risk with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee. NordVPN.com slash unlocked without the E.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. You know who else, Adam, had issues with communication? Cyberpunk, the cyberpunk people. (laughs) Yes. Did you notice that? I I did. I did. Um, Because it seems like this story expansion uh, is still on the way. Uh, We have a ways to go yet until we get that. Um, as Sasko had said, quote, I can assure you that we are working on an expansion. We're working, uh, on stuff for you guys. Besides that, that hasn't changed. We're still improving the game because we are all aware there is work to be done. So, so whether that be working on the game that's out now, or once again, creating this new story expansion, which I know a lot of us, me included are very excited for. Um, I myself did finish the cyberpunk 2077 campaign. And I played it on my Xbox Series X and had minimal problems. That's like, great. If at all, actually. Um, and and I, I did miss quite a few of the side missions. But the idea of, again, uh, some more story, just like we talked about with Halo Infinite, in addition to Cyberpunk 2077, CD Projekt Red, I, I love that company. Uh, Witcher 3 Wild Hunt is one of my favorite games of all time. I really enjoyed Cyberpunk 2077. So yeah, I'm excited. You guys excited for this new story expansion? Matt? Yeah, oh, I'm so down. I so yeah, like you, I I played Cyberpunk and I actually had like zero problems running in yeah. mine. So like I I really like feel for the people who I think I think a lot of the issues were on like PS4 and Xbox One and I really feel for people who like just cannot yes. get through the game without like issues and like it's a, there's a good game underneath there. Like I I finished yeah. the whole thing in in nearly one sitting or basically just like straight through. Uh, and I just wanted more at the end, right? Like part of it was like, oh, I expected more, but I think a part of me was like, yeah, I want to like come back. Like when you, when there are more missions, I want them to not like expand the city outward. Like I don't want them to like add new districts. I just want to explore more of the city that's already in there, right? Like I want to be able to like go into the buildings that are like, hey, this is a building that we were like in development and now it's open and now you can get like quests in there. Like that's what I'm looking forward to. And I kind of hope that that's uh, what you're doing. So I, I don't know if this applies to uh, any of you, but I was, for me, I had such an interesting journey with cyberpunk where at the very beginning, it was like, I couldn't be bothered to do side missions almost. Mm-hmm. Like I was just like, I'm just going to focus on the main mission. And then I won't say, but something happens where then all of a sudden I wanted to do every side mission, which was such an interesting process for me for an open world game. Because normally the second there's a side mission, I want to do it. But for whatever reason, I was like, nah, I don't really care about that right now. I'm just going to focus on the main story. And then there's a certain, like I said, a certain story point where I was like, oh, I want to go back and, and do all of it now. So I, I'm still working on some side missions. But yeah, I, I don't know if, uh, Destin, that was a situation for you. Yeah, I mean, abs- I mean, I did every single thing in the game. We had early access yeah. to it. And I, I like got close to... No, I think I just mainlined the campaign first, like you said. Okay. But there yeah. are some phenomenal side missions. Yes. There's there's a whole thing with a vending machine that's sentient. There's of course the romance <laughs> options, and uh, depending on which one of those paths that you go down, there's some really really uh, moving stories that are told within those uh, branches of storytelling. And man, I really liked Cyberpunk 2077. It was really unfortunate that the PS4 base version and the Xbox one base versions weren't optimized because that detracted from what otherwise was a, a a very fun gameplay experience. They had a really bad issue. They had so many of these issues at the beginning that uh, it was a bummer for people like me who actually really enjoyed 
the gameplay, the storytelling, and all the positive aspects of the game. Because at the same time, we had to give them a hard time because they 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 released such a poor version on those older platforms, right? Yeah. And it it, it just detracted from what what otherwise could have been a great. Story. I think they should have just did like next gen consoles only, and especially seeing how the the older gen consoles launched. Uh, to answer your question, though, I, I love this, the stories, all the side yeah. stories. There's some really weird, kooky ones uh, that I really, really liked also. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I'll let, I'll but, let somebody else go. <laughs> well, I, I was, I was going to say, because I had a question for uh, Stella as well. So regarding that, I think CD Projekt Red is one of the best when it comes to um, side stories. To, to the point where, whether it be, again, The Witcher 3 or Cyberpunk, Lots of times I'll do some of these missions and my brain cannot comprehend the fact that someone could play the game and miss this story, like within these side missions, because they're so good. In some cases, they're better than the main story in a lot of ways. So um, Stella, with playing Cyberpunk, was there a side mission that really grabbed you or do you agree in any way with what I said regarding the side missions? Uh, yeah, I do. So did you see that um, someone recently found out that if you wait in game in The Witcher 3, you know, that one girl that you help out a side mission, you can yes. actually see the conclusion to that story to see if you did help her or if she dies. And you can yes. see it. So, yeah, absolutely. I agree that I think they do a fantastic job of carrying up. So for me, I'm one of those people that like, you know, in choose your own adventure books, how you could like have each different adventure. I would always look at the outcome for each one. Yeah. <laughs> so being able to get that conclusion with even side quests in a game is perfect. Like that is great for me. So. Uh, yeah, I, I agree that uh, CD Projekt Red does a really good job. Um, there was one in Cyberpunk that I found out really early on that actually Destin was like, uh, you should release a guide for that. Um, it's Skippy, the talking gun. Yeah. <laughs> I stumbled upon him and I tweeted it out. I was like, what is this? Like, he's talking to me. And every time I shoot someone, he like sings Rihanna's song or something. And I was like, this is really weird. And I carried his quest through, um, which I don't know. This is spoilers, I guess. But if you decide not to take him to his owner, He'll get really mad at you and he won't fire his gun properly <laughs> so you'll miss every single shot it, it's so fun like i i love stuff like that um i'm not gonna lie the the base story for cyberpunk didn't really grip me i had a really hard time uh identifying with uh oh my god the, johnny johnny yeah i had a really hard time like uh he's awful yeah <laughs> he's I, kind I just, of a terrible thing yeah, yeah. I, it was just really hard for me to feel a connection but again i didn't get that far because uh when i started it was you know it was at launch so there was a lot of content that felt like it was missing so for me i was like oh, I'll, I'll wait so i am waiting for more stuff to come out it looks like sure. a lot has already come out the fact that i can now customize my character um and not be stuck with the crappy hairstyle i chose that's great so um yeah that's a really good starting point <laughs> yes well also Speaking of things to look forward to, uh, my girlfriend, by the way, this is her favorite game series on the planet. It was very exciting. She was actually the one who told me about this, but guys, Kingdom Hearts 4 got announced. A, uh, a new trailer dropped recently. It's the 20th anniversary of Kingdom Hearts as well, which is really excited. It looks like we're going to be in like a new, uh, almost realistic looking world, uh, but the Heartless are still there. Uh, are you guys Kingdom Hearts fans, Destin? No. <laughs> <laughs> I am like I was like super happy for everybody who likes Kingdom Hearts. This is not I don't care. <laughs> like just to be yeah, I'll let yeah. somebody else talk. No, same here. I'm yeah. sorry, Adam. I know we just met and I want you to like me, but I, I don't like Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> sorry. That's I I'll let it slide, guys. I'll let it slide. Matt, save us. I have not finished the first one, but I'm working on it because I wanna sort of like see what the craziness is all about. I think Kingdom Hearts 4, the announcement is really funny because it was like 10 years went by between Kingdom Hearts 2 and 3 and people were like, we don't even know if we're going to get a third one, right? And then there's like, no, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And then it finally came and it was like water in the desert, right? It was like rain in the desert. And they're like, oh my God, this is all I need. I'm going to die happy. And then Square Enix was like, okay, but how about Kingdom Hearts 4? And like the community just lost its mind, right? Like, what are you like? We didn't even expect this. Like, why would you just like randomly drop this at like 6 a.m. and make my life like both amazing and ruin it because now I want it like right now. So I thought that was actually a really cool way to announce like a surprise sequel, right? Like, I think there was like a little cliffhanger at Kingdom Hearts 3 that sort of like mm -hmm. teased one, but like 
because of how weird Kingdom Hearts is as a series and like because of how many years it goes by between games, people just didn't know if they were going to get another one ever. And right. and they did. So congrats to Kingdom Hearts fans everywhere. <laughs> y'all okay. are... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, I'm just saying y'all are blessed. Yes. For you. I, I was going to say the the community of fans who love Kingdom Hearts uh, love it more passionately, uh, passionately, I think, than any other game. Uh, I mean, they, they love it to death. Um, so it, it is really, really exciting. I have, I have like such a strong connection with that game because once again, me and my girlfriend bond over Kingdom Hearts, my personal favorite, little personal story. One of the proudest moments as a boyfriend was coming home after I was on the road uh, for wrestling for like seven days. And I come home and I see her sitting on the floor uh, with a controller in hand. She went out and bought Kingdom Hearts 3 and was playing it. And I just sat back and enjoyed that moment. <laughs> I enjoyed that moment, her, her gaming, playing Kingdom Hearts 3 on her own. So I, I am very excited for Kingdom Hearts 4. The storyline is incredibly hard for me to follow. <laughs> I was uh, say. We, ha we have a story so far from our own Jonathan Dornbush that mm. I've watched, and I still don't understand the story. Same. I've watched so, the exact yeah. same video. Yeah. The exact same video, and I still am trying to wrap my brain around it. But, I was, yeah, um, I was going to say, I think it's really funny. Like, the community is great. I think uh, Kingdom Hearts yeah. fans are, are you know, they, they, they also are very uh, good at acknowledging, yeah, the story's weird. We, do, we can't explain it, but we just like the game. Sorry, can't explain it, but yeah. I get uh, it. And I'm just yeah. like, I don't know if there is any Kingdom Hearts fan that can properly explain what's going on. <laughs> no, they can. It's just, it's just so crazy that it does not make sense. Like, I think they are doing the best that they can. And to, like, other Kingdom Hearts fans, it's like, that's a really good explanation. But if you don't know anything, you're just like, Oh yeah, yeah to totally, man. I hear what you're saying. <laughs> well, even though even though I'm not a, a super fan of the franchise, like I, I respect what it's done and that people love it. Watching the trailer for this one, I really like what they're doing with the visuals this time. It oh, looks yeah. great, yeah. and honestly, that has me a little bit more excited about the game than any of the others. If this were part of the series where I could just hop in and not have to know about the 15 other games that have came out for the Kingdom Hearts franchise, I might be a little more inclined to give it a shot because it, it looks, it looks great in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, did you guys see the thing that there might be a star Wars world in Kingdom Hearts four? Yeah. What? Yeah. I With did Ray not see and that. Yeah, I've seen oh a lot God. of people speculating about Ray and Kylo or hoping. Yeah. Wait, what about oh, what about a lightsaber a... keyblade though? That would be so cool. Imagine. Incredible. That's just a lightsaber, really. Right? <laughs> yeah. Shape of a key. Yeah, it looks like a oh, key. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, fair, it's different. Fair. <laughs> See, I just want to know. I I did try to play some of Kingdom Hearts one. I I just want to make sure that uh Donald is going to be um healing properly. That's all I care about. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, also, uh, as well, guys, there is another Kingdom Hearts game coming out too, Kingdom Hearts Missing Link, and that's going to be for mobile uh, or yeah. open for beta later this year. And then, unfortunately, Xbox and, P and PC, at least for now, um, are not going to be getting this Kingdom Hearts all-in-one package that includes Kingdom Hearts 1.5, 2.5 Remix, 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue, and Kingdom Hearts 3, which is insane. Um, and that collection is going to be available for PlayStation and then cloud version for Switch. I, I have not played Kingdom Hearts uh, cloud version on Switch yet, but I'm curious to see how that runs. Because the idea, again, of playing Kingdom Hearts handheld sounds fun. So, so Xbox and PC players just got to just gotta wait a little bit yet. Why is it called 2.8 Final Chapter? No, I don't want to talk about that. it. Yeah, so don't. I, don't. I, wish, yeah. I, I wish I had a good explanation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, knowing Kingdom Hearts, that mobile game is going to be super important for the story. Oh, yeah. Right? 100%. Oh, yeah. Knowing Kingdom Hearts, that mobile game is going to be like ultra canon, and <laughs> you will not understand half of what Kingdom Hearts 4 is about unless you play this mobile <laughs> oh, game for 20 God. hours. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I, in a weird way, though, with the story, because I love uh, the Souls series as well, or like Elden Ring, where the story there is uh, very vague, or you really have to mm -hmm. dig. Yeah. kind of figure out certain things or a lot of it is up for interpretation um so i i kind of do love when people come up with crazy theories or ideas for a game and then we just use our imagination to try to figure out exactly what is going on but the truth is none of us will ever really know mm -hmm. we'll never really know <laughs> but yeah uh very very exciting for uh for kingdom hearts fans i i know like i said i'm very pumped um uh 
Adam. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, but, no, uh, not at all. Like, so you like you wrestled in Japan, right? Like, yes, what was mul- it like? multiple times. Yeah, what was it like seeing uh, seeing Kingdom Hearts go into like actual Japan, not just like fictional <laughs> Disney worlds? Right, right. Very, very cool. Um, it well, especially to like I would say of all the countries that I've traveled to to wrestle, I've been really fortunate and gotten to go to a bunch of different places. But Japan is probably my favorite. Um, whether it be just the, uh, my goodness, the arcades over there, by the way, just <laughs> unbelievable, absolutely incredible, and and the culture is wonderful. Um, so yes, uh, to answer your question though, it was very, very cool, very cool to see that. Um, and also, guys, speaking of release dates, which I know we're we're waiting for for Kingdom Hearts four, uh, and uh, anxiously awaiting. Uh, but there is the Dead Space remake apparently is coming along nicely, but it's looking at an early 2023 release. Uh, I personally uh, only played the first Dead Space. I still have to play Dead Space 2 and 3, but my God, the first Dead Space is one of my favorite horror games of all time. So, so I'm really excited to see how this one's going to turn out. Yeah, so this remake, uh, this is a story that they did a another live stream not that long ago right and they showed off more of their development process and how far along they are and man i am totally on the same page with you i adore the original dead space i I don't even worry about dead space two and three i think the first one is like just this perfect it's just the perfect amount of tension it's the perfect length there's so much about it that i love i love the enemy design the fact that you have to dismember each of the characters or the enemies that attack attack you to kill them, basically. Yeah, I, I like that. It keeps you on your toes. It makes you think about each encounter in a different way. I can't think of a game that has really done it quite as well as Dead Space has off the top of my head. You can play that game today, and it's still incredibly creepy. The sound design, Glenn Schofield even talked about. Stella, you'll appreciate this. They got the sounds from the BART trains in San Francisco. <laughs> so the sound design, if you play it, you might actually recognize the terrifying noises that you hear in oh, the great. in the BART stations when you're waiting for your train. Great. Um, <laughs> now I'm going to associate the BART train with Dead Space and <laughs> and not want to ride it late at night. I, yeah, this footage looks so good. Go ahead, yeah, Sal. Sorry, it looks amazing. Oh no, I was going to say, yeah, I don't do horror games, but Dead Space just had such a good way of telling a story that I was like, I kind of want to know what's going to happen. I want to know what's going on. Um, it was really creepy, very good. Like the, the environment is incredible. Um, yeah. I remember I actually have not finished the first game because I got to a certain point where um, my save file got reset oh, and I, no. I was, yeah, I was like, uh-uh, I am not going to have a heart attack getting to that point again. I'm, oh. you know, I'm good. <laughs> I was like, I'm good. I'll watch someone else play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, oh yeah. And just the design of, of the armor. Sorry. Just seeing this shot reminded me that how the yeah. life bar is on the spine and the tube yes. and then his stasis energy is on the the thing on his right shoulder um i they just thought of so many cool things and they did it with all within these limitations that they had i think it was made in unreal 2 or 3 mm-hmm. it, it was pretty wow. early ea days so um i don't remember the exact engine but i'm very impressed with what that team was able to create and i cannot wait to see how they improve it and modernize it with the new stuff matt yeah know, could, no. go go ahead matt sorry no worries uh yeah i don't know if y'all have been following along with like the developer like live streams that they've been putting out but they're putting so much attention into like the margins like the st- the small details like if isaac is injured he's going to deliver his lines differently so as oh, like whoa. it'll be the same line where he'll be like oh i hate this place but if he's injured he'll be like oh I hate this place, (laughs) right? Like, it's amazing, like, the amount that they're putting into, like, the small stuff, which I think is going to go, like, a long way for the remake. Uh, And, 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 go ahead, sir. I just wanted to hear Matt's interpretation of full health, Isaac, and and injured (laughs) Isaac. Can you, can you, can we hear it again? Yeah, it's, uh, it's like, hey, Destin versus, uh, Destin. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I think you got a future career in voice. I think so. I, uh, don't tell anybody, but I've been recording some lines for EA. (laughs) Yeah. But, but yeah, uh, so many different reasons to be excited for the remake. Uh, but again, going off of how, 
ahead of its time the game was. Again, the idea of imagining this remake now with like better lighting and better sound design as well. And it was already great then, so it's going to be even better now. But I, I remember being so terrified just by the way that the enemies moved. Oh. Or like at one point walking and then realizing, oh, they can break through the wall anywhere. If there is any location where an enemy could break through, it could happen. So you're so tense the entire game. And now this in a uh, you know, ninth generation version of Dead Space is horrifying. horrifying. I, I forgot. I totally forgot about that. It was one of those early games where enemies would come from places that you didn't expect. They would just fall out of the ceiling. They would yep. pop out of the air vents. So you're constantly tense. And the the sound, the, the steam and the constant metal noises and the screeching, that's often going on in a lot of those, those areas because you are trying to get a tram working and, and moving forward. So you're just constantly tense throughout most of your experience. And a lot of times they make you feel safe and then they're like, nope, sorry, that save isn't going to work for you because this tentacle monster has to come grab you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It is, it is such a phenomenal job. I, I remember when I would be playing it, just this overwhelming feeling of like despair, knowing that, you know, you're going to try to find someone who's alive, but you're probably not going to find them all in one piece, you know? Right. I, 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 they did such a great job of that. It was, it was really cool. Also, uh, Isaac, he just felt really like heavy and deliberate in his movement too. Um, like the stomp yeah. mechanic was so cool. You're just like, Ooh, yeah, no, he's oh. super strong. This is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I had to I had to look it up. I think it's a I think it's appropriate since this is an Xbox podcast, but Dead Space 2 has my favorite achievement of all time, or at least one of the most memorable ones that I had growing up, and it's that uh in Dead Space 2 there's like uh, slight spoilers, but there are these aliens that like walk like raptors from like Jurassic Park, Ooh. right? And and they're horrifying and they're hard and when you kill all of them, uh it just get a little achievement. It just says clever girls. Just like <laughs> <laughs> and it was my favorite achievement. I remember that one still. I remember, I think I was playing, I was playing on the 360 and then I got it. And I was just like, okay, that was great. I love that. <laughs> oh my God. Well, we, we can hope uh, that maybe a March or April 2023 release for this. So fingers crossed in that sense. I hope so. Yeah, it's definitely not so. this year. Like, no. Yeah, yeah. Um, and speaking of speculation, and also, this series is a series of games that I desperately um, need to add to my list of games played because I have not. But uh, System Shock 3. So um, the co-creator, Warren Spector, and his studio, Other Side Entertainment, they actually uh, have not been working on System Shock 3 until 2019. Tencent uh, took over that production in 2020. Uh, so curious to see when system shock three comes out i know like i said that has a really passionate fan base as well um stella do you have any experience with system shock at all i do not unfortunately yeah, um, i know i need to play it so bad yeah i i've heard of the series and i just have not played oh it looks so gory but <laughs> it looks incredible yeah it, lo it still <laughs> looks really good but um yeah i don't know i i didn't realize tencent had taken over and I, yeah. I realized Tencent is really everywhere. Like, I know that's kind of like yep. diverging off the yes. passive topic, but <laughs> yeah, I was just like, oh my God, Tencent took over this company. Too. Wow. Okay. Good for them, I guess. <laughs> the classic still holds up. Like, you can totally just revisit. Like, you don't even have to wait for the remake. Like, if you just go to the original one on like GOG, I think, like, it holds up great. It still plays good. It looks great. I, I still love it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Destin, what about you? Have, you? have you messed around with System Shock at all? Are you excited for System Shock 3? I have not. This is definitely one of those franchises where I I should be. I am ashamed that I have not played the System Shock. Me too. I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, Believe this. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, separate from this topic, there was a rumor thing that popped up. Matt, did you see the thing about Brad Sam saying that Xbox is like redoing their 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 uh, processor or something like that? I know I didn't see that. What's that? What's that about? So basically, he said that they're they're redesigning it. They're not coming up with a new console or anything like that, but they're going to make a processor that uses less power, is less hot, things like that. Uh, it's sort of a rumor right now, but it it left me with a question this morning actually, and I wanted to ask the panel. Sorry for 
hijacking the show for a second. <laughs> no, I was no, really please. curious if a new Xbox were to come along using this news sort of news thing as a catalyst. What design changes would you want to see with a a Series X model like five years from now and a Series S model, Series S 2.0 and Xbox Series X 2.0? Like, what would you want them to change? Because I think the consoles are, are pretty good as is. Matt, maybe start with you. Okay, as a uh, as a defender of the world's most perfect game console, the GameCube, they should make <laughs> it a perfect cube. Oh, it's like rectangular, yeah, because it's rectangular right now, right? It's like a, it's like a little like rectangle obelisk thing, and then the and then the Series S is just flatter. <laughs> so the only other third form factor is a perfect cube that's equal in all dimensions. That's my suggestion. An actual box. An actual box. Okay. The Xbox Cube. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what about good. what about you, Stella? Any design changes or any like internal changes that you would like to see? I don't know. I mean, hmm. I know a lot of complaints were that the Series X was a little bit big, and so a lot of people were figuring out like how exactly to mount it or place it. So maybe a little bit smaller. I know the Series S a lot of people liked um, better because it was easier to mount and it looked nicer too. Uh, so maybe something sleek like that. I mean, we're seeing a lot of like mini PCs come out yeah. as well that are just mm -hmm. as powerful but are tiny. So I wouldn't mind seeing something like that because I mean, come on, a lot of people want something that can fit into smaller spaces. Uh, I currently have like a weird like shelving setup, and my Xbox <laughs> is at the bottom, and I want to be able to move it up. So you know, yeah, maybe like a space saving design like the Series S, but like yeah, more compact. Adam, what about you? Like, if they were to redesign it, what would you want to see changed? I hate to give this answer, um, but I'm I'm serious. The Series X, the way it is now, I love it. I love everything about it. So even trying to, I love that it looks like a mini PC. It tells me subconsciously it's a PC. <laughs> it, it, it looks powerful, but it it fits anywhere on my on my <laughs> game setup. Uh, to so to think about how to change it. Uh, oh, okay. So I would like an extra storage expansion card slot. I want to be able to get up to four terabytes. Because mm -hmm. I love on the PlayStation 5 how you can put an internal SSD in there. And I have a four terabyte Fire Cuda in, in yeah. that bad boy. Uh, but in this one, I have the two terabyte. So I would love to have two slots or just a bigger storage expansion card as well. But I, I seriously, I think, like, I love the way the fan runs. I love the way it looks. I don't know. I it'd be very very tough and then the, the series s is it's unbelievable that it's as powerful as it is for its size like again uh, uh, me and a couple of the guys we have a series s that we travel with mm -hmm. when we're on the road it it's unreal how small mm -hmm. that thing is so i don't know yeah there's like, like that e monitor attachment too yeah right? yeah right yeah. right I mean, that's, I mean that's perfect for traveling good yeah. how small it is perfect yeah yeah absolutely perfect it'd be able to play like triple a high level <laughs> games and just plug it into your hotel tv is is great it's great i'm actually actually so sorry i, I didn't mean to interject <laughs> but awesome. i have something for this i have something for this yeah go, go. Uh, so i spoke with epic games a couple weeks back when before they were unveiling unreal engine 5 uh and so i got to interview their cto and one of the cool things uh about unreal engine 5 is that they like really partner with developers and like if a developer that's not part of epic games find something about ue5 like there's like an improvement somewhere then they'll go to epic and epic will like work with them to like include that into the package and the coalition the developers of gears of war apparently found a way to get like i, I guess epic was really struggling with getting that matrix unreal engine 5 game running properly on the yeah. series s like it was just too powerful for the series s and then the coalition looked at it and were like we can do it and they did and so the reason why the matrix uh demo runs on the series s as good as it does is because the coalition found a way to get it working oh very cool so, so two things. That's an awesome story about the Matrix demo. That Colin Penty apparently from the Coalition actually stepped in, and I messaged him. I was like, "Hey, congrats to the team on that." He's like, "Yeah, actually, I've worked on that," <laughs> and uh, and that that was really neat. Um, but separately, the Series S is just this console that I said at the beginning of the console lifecycle. I'm like, "That's going to be a hit." 
because most people aren't like us. They don't care that much about ray tracing. They don't care about 4K textures. That 1080p or 1440p box that that can do 120 and gives you access to all of these next-gen games at that price point is just a killer value. And I see them in stock all the time at like, Costco, I see them at Costco. And right now people are able to get Series Xs right now because some people think that Microsoft paid money to get more semiconductors or whatever. Mm. Um, regardless, that console is just a great value. And like talking about being on the road, right, Adam? Isn't it just yep. great that you just have this little tiny box, you pop a monitor on the back or however you do it in the, I don't know how you right. travel, but yeah, it's just there and accessible to you. It is such a smart move by Microsoft. Uh, the one change, I'm on the same page with you. I adore the design of the Series X. I like I like it much more seeing it in person. If I were to change one thing, I don't want another expansion slot because those cards are proprietary, right? I agree with you. I want to throw a Fire Cuda in there. I want to be able to open that bad boy up, pop in whatever go. card I want, you know, rated to spec or whatever, and then close it up. PlayStation did that. It's not that hard. Um, and and that, that would be one thing I would really like to see personally. How hard was it? Yeah. How hard was it on your PS5? To, to install it? <laughs> yeah. It, it, it was actually a piece of cake. However, I was so nervous about somehow messing something up that I made it way longer for myself than, I, than it needed to be. <laughs> Yeah. so stressed out of like oh god i don't i don't want to hurt it but then once you actually know exactly what you're doing like you said it is the easiest thing in the world super super easy um but also guys so the video game accessibility awards took place for 2021 and halo infinite took two of those awards uh with the clear text and the training grounds and then also guardians of the galaxy before your eyes forza horizon 5 far cry 6 it takes two Final Fantasy fourteen Endwalker and Life is Strange True Colors also took home some awards and IGN has a full um, article available at their website as well. So that's IGN. pretty cool. Com. <laughs> yes, yes, IGN.com, IGN.com. Um, and speaking of Halo as well, it looks like the highly, highly, highly anticipated Overwatch Two is going to pull a little bit of a Halo and that they're gonna kind of separate some release windows. They're gonna have the PVP released a little bit earlier in a alpha beta form uh, where employees and, and certain, I'm assuming content creators or, or tournament players are gonna have access to it a little bit earlier. And then the PVE mode is gonna be released later. Um, God, I, I, I messed around quite a bit in the early stages with Overwatch 1. Uh, I got absolutely demolished and destroyed <laughs> and humbled <laughs> by how good people are. But my God, what a what a fun game. So Overwatch 2 is highly anticipated and for good reason. They have a lot to live up to. But I, I think Blizzard's going to knock it out of the park. Uh, I disagree. <laughs> I, think, oh, I, think, yeah. I think Overwatch 2 has been an absolute mess. Uh, I don't know what they're doing with the marketing. I don't think it needs to be its own standalone entry whatsoever. I think Overwatch 1 should have just been updated and they should have kept iterating on that engine. So I think we've talked about this a little bit. What's your, what's your spicy take? Uh, so I'm going to be one of the, uh, well, one of the members of IGN playing the alpha slash beta, whatever is coming uh, later this oh, month. Cool. I don't think I could talk about my experience yet, but um, I could talk about my experience overall as a general Overwatch <laughs> used to previous enjoyer i guess uh i used to love it a lot i i loved it um i stopped playing around when hammond the hamster in a ball was uh introduced mm. because um I, I always joke around saying oh well they introduced a hamster in a ball why did they say rocket cat was impossible anyways um <laughs> but yeah no I, th I think it just happened to be one of those things where blizzard just kind of stopped updating the game they stopped really uh, listening to the community again a, a lot of these developers are losing touch with their communities and what they actually want uh recently overwatch released a skin like a, a spring event or something and it was really just recolored skins and everyone's like we don't want this we want new maps we want um updates to balancing we want to see uh some sort of support 
uh, being put into place with this because it, Overwatch has had a lot of changes over the years and they haven't all necessarily been really good. Uh, the role queue has been a good change, but again, a lot of people seem to be having trouble finding matches. I tried to go in a couple of months ago and try to play casually and it took me maybe like 15 minutes, even as a support and DPS uh, queue to find a game. And it was, it was, it killed my passion to want to play again. Mm. Um, also the fact that it's now going from a 6v6 game to a 5v5 where there's only one tank. I think that is going to be extremely detrimental to the competitive play of Overwatch 2 because one tank cannot offset all of that damage. No one tank can do that, even if they are going to be updating changes to tanks. I feel like that's just going to put way too much pressure on one person in that team, and it's going to throw off the balance really easily. So that's also something that I'm thinking about, but um, I will have the full discussion and thoughts after I play the uh, alpha slash beta. So. <laughs> Adam, you're so positive. You're so like... <laughs> The brightness within the darkness. No, <laughs> for no the, these for are the all these life. are all great, great points, great points. Uh, but I, generally speaking, I do. I, I, I really, really uh, have fun with whatever game I jump into. Uh, and again, to be fair, I, I, and I'm being honest, I have not really uh, messed around a ton with Overwatch for a couple of years now. Early on, when yeah. it first came out, so that's my memory of the game. Like the first. <laughs> year of overwatch Just so remember this that. is all this yeah. is all good news to know good news to know no it, it is kind of crazy right because like overwatch when it came out was like the biggest game it in really the was true it really it was huge it took over the entire year and then they you know they kept releasing heroes and like it, and i was like paying attention to it i never like not paid attention to overwatch but then they announced overwatch 2 and then it just sort of stopped like they stopped announcing heroes they just sort of do you know they do these events every like holiday season but other than that it's just like it's all like we're all focused on overwatch 2 we don't know what's coming out it's like being hidden away at the at the in the depths of irvine right and i was just like yeah wow it's kind of crazy that you kind of like blew a 3-2 lead against all these other like live service games where like y'all were like so ahead of the pack and then you announced this sequel with kind of a weird weird release idea plan and then it just sort of like disappeared so yeah i guess this is like you know the sequel is like their chance to be like hey remember us but that's that's mm -hmm. a lot right so we'll see fingers crossed overwatch 2 um makes the community happy and does well and who knows maybe this will be a, a second coming of overwatch i guess we'll have to wait and see um but for this week's un or I'm sorry, but this week's unlock lock trivia. I stumbled over my words there. We can't do uh, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I so would obviously actually... win. So <laughs> we want to be fair. Uh, so this week is not a trivia question. Uh, however, it is a personal experience question. That being, if you could only play one game for the rest of your life, Ooh. what would it be? Matt, do you want to go first? Only Ooh. one game for the rest of your life. What would it be and why? I feel like, okay, I feel like this is recency bias <laughs> right now, but I feel like I could definitely play Elden Ring nonstop mm. for years to come and still not discover everything about it. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. I feel like that might be cheating, you know, but I feel like, or it could be because that's the only thing that I'm playing and obsessed with right now, but I think I could do at least five years with Elden Ring and then I'll just like, beg the universe to like let me go from this awful pact <laughs> <laughs> uh stella what about you mm. you know since uh since matt already said elden ring i'll say titanfall 2. oh because you got the multiplayer and the campaign so mm. yeah definitely that nice uh destin i'll answer this but i'm going to answer it with a caveat uh <laughs> I'm going to do the same. So, yeah. I I, th I think it would have to be continually updated, but maybe Destiny, if the storytelling continued being as good as it has been as of late. But it also feels like any story that you play, it's just like eventually you're just like, so is this hero character just never going to get his stuff together? Like there's no happy ending. It's just constant turmoil and, and drama. Like at some point, at some point things should end, right? So for the rest of my life, it would have to be like a shooter or something, you know, like Halo Infinite. No, I, I don't know. I don't have a good, I don't have a good answer. I don't have a good answer. <laughs> yeah. 
My answer is I have a terrible answer. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, for me, this was really tough uh, to, to try to think about exactly what I would choose. Again, Elden Ring is a game I'm consumed with right now. Uh, the Witcher 3 is one of my favorite games ever. I thought earlier about like Super Mario World because to this day, I still play that game once a month or at least a little bit of it. Um, but I have, I have a backstory to this, but I'll try not to bore you guys with it too much. But Halo 5's multiplayer would be my choice. Um, because again, I, I've played video games my whole life. I've always loved them. But when I became passionate about them was Halo 5. Because at this point, I was traveling all the time, wrestling all the time, and I had zero hobbies. It was just pro wrestling 24-7. That was all I did. And, and I'll never forget when Halo 5 came out, my brother came home and he goes, hey, I got this new uh, Halo game. I'm going to try it out. And I remember saying, hey, I'm bored. Hey, do you care if I play Halo 5 on your Xbox? And I stayed up till 7 in the morning and beat the entire campaign. And I'm like, this is really fun. The next day, I played the multiplayer. The day after that, I bought an Xbox. And the rest is history. The reason oh I'm God. even talking to you guys uh, right now today or streaming on Twitch or anything like that I put the most time into that multiplayer than any other game ever. Um, I love the Warzone mode. I love the multiplayer. I love the movement. I really adore that game. So I owe that game a lot as far as my current passion and love for the world of, of video games. So I'm going to go with Halo 5's multiplayer. That's like the That's best awesome. answer that any of us have given. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for that. I, I do have a slight request. Yes. Uh, so you did come out in AEW in Halo gear. Can you bring that back in some form? Infinite <laughs> being out. I mean, you have the oh, boots, so oh, right, right. I I actually have the armor piece right behind me. Oh, really? Uh, right there. With the, <laughs> oh, oh, oh right, right. Of course, we're yeah. here. Red, red, <laughs> red. We <laughs> want to <laughs> see. We want to see the Halo gear. Please. <laughs> but uh. Yeah. So, oh, there it is. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Oh my Back God. There. Yes. Back there. Oh, nice. Yep. So that That's was, and, and I will say to this day, that is my, my favorite entrance gear oh. I've, I've ever had. Uh, yeah. That was something that had been kind of in the works forever as far as me wanting to do something uh, video game inspired. And it was a huge pay-per-view championship match. So I'm like, this is perfect. Uh, and that I even got to talk to Steve Downs about it, which was really, That's really cool. Awesome. So yeah. It was it was awesome. Yeah, was so maybe awesome. you bring it back, or you could do a, a Geralt one, like a Geralt armor sort of one. That'd be really oh, cool. That'd be cool. I may I I'll, I'll drop this news now. This is actually pretty big, but I I may or may not for every single pay per view pay tribute to the video game industry slash world in some way. So I'm excited. Stay tuned. I can't wait to see the next one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that'd be great. I'm so excited. <laughs> what, what's your next thing? Is it uh, is it Rampage? Is that uh, Yes, it's there's a huge match uh, on Rampage this Friday, where it's it's me and the champion Hangman Adam Page in a Texas Death Match, Ooh. the AEW oh, wow. World Championship. Wow! So next time you guys see me, I might not look the same, but hopefully I'll have a championship <laughs> belt over my shoulder. Hangman was oh, your roommate, yeah. right? <laughs> he, at, at one point, yeah, yeah. So yeah. when when we were traveling and working for a company called Ring of Honor, where we both really owe a lot of our careers to. Um, he was, he was a guy who was younger and first starting and I, in some ways helped him, uh, out along the way. So yeah, we, we have a very long history together. We've known each other for over a decade. That's heavy. Awesome. That's a heavy match on Friday then. Yeah. Yes. No pressure. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no pressure. Like eating your lunch or something on accident as a roommate, you can like get payback now. So, I mean, you know, that's true. <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, really, really big night uh, on Friday, which I'm excited about. But seriously, uh, everyone, I just want to say again, I know I briefly touched base on this, so I'll try not to be super over the top annoying. Thank you, Mushy. <laughs> but you guys have no idea. Uh, I listen to this show every week. The fact that you let me be involved in this is so cool. I hope that I did okay uh, as, as the special guest host, but it was an absolute pleasure uh, to be here with you guys today. This is an awesome, my personal favorite episode of Unlocked, <laughs> getting to be in, involved in this. Um, Matt, uh, where can everybody find you? 
Uh, oh yeah, yeah. You can uh, hit me up on Twitter at Law of TD or just at IGN. You know, I'm just around, so easy to find. Awesome. And, and Stella. Uh, yeah, I am Parallax Stella everywhere on the internet. Um, I am currently working through. So I finished Elden Ring, and on my live streams after work, I am going through all the dungeons I missed. So if you want to see me like two shot bosses because I'm way over leveled now, <laughs> go ahead and come in. I guess. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's what I got, and IGN as well. <laughs> awesome. And uh, Destin? Yeah, I mean, you can watch me on YouTube.com slash the Destin channel. You can order my cookies at LaGaryBakery.com. <laughs> there it but is. Adam, thank you so much for joining us today. I have to agree. This is our best episode of Unlock yes. this week. So thank you so much. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> and it was, it was a pleasure having you on the panel. Thank you very, very so much. Cool. Thank you. Um, and, and everyone, but uh, you can find me. So I'm Adam Cole on on a lot of platforms. However, I am uh, streaming on Twitch at Twitch.tv/thechugs. I'm currently playing through Elden Ring as well. I have a Chugs Twitter account, a Chugs YouTube account. So if you want to hang out and talk gaming, I'd be happy to to talk to everybody. Uh, and once again, from IGN, this was Podcast Unlocked, and we will see you next week. Hey folks, I'm Yen. And I'm Nat. And we're the hosts of Comic Sans, the podcast about comics for those who are sans knowledge. Comic Sans is a show for people who know nothing about comics, like me. And people who love them, like me, and want to learn more about them. What makes you an authority on comic books? I read them, write them, live them, breathe them. What makes you the authority on knowing nothing? Honestly, Yen, two seasons in, I actually know a little more than I used to. You're welcome. The reason for that is that every episode, I make Nat read one of my favorite comics, like Daredevil Saga or This One Summer. And then he tells me what makes that comic so special. And then I hear what Nat thinks, and I try to avoid a pulmonary embolism. While I actively try to give him one. You can listen to the second season of Comic Sans now. With new episodes every two weeks. Wherever you get your podcasts. You know, Yen, I think I know so much about comics now that this might have to be our last season. Nat, there will forever be more comic than you will ever know. What does that even mean? I don't know, it sounds profound though. Right?